The Premier League season is over, but we still have the FA Cup final, Champions League and Europa League final to come. And Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. And with Bet365's Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome back to 1874, the podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week. And it's the morning after the night before. I'm struggling a little bit. I think Greg's struggling even more than me. We were talking just before we came on, Greg, and you say this this football club doesn't half put you through it, but then you do seem to get some good moments as well. And even though I don't like celebrating, staying up, really, they've, they've done it and I'm delighted. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, been a been a very very long season, very stressful, uh, lots of stresses and strains throughout throughout the season, um, but ultimately ended on a high. Okay, you know I agree with you. This isn't this isn't a club where you should celebrate finishing seventeenth in the league um, and just surviving uh, on the final day of the season, literally by the skin of your teeth. But um, when it happens and it and it's so dramatic. You've got to celebrate and you've got to enjoy these good times because I suppose at the start of the season, the brief was simply to stay in the Premier League and no matter how Villa did it, they did it. And now it's, I just feel it's very exciting for the football club now. I feel that, you know, what they've got planned for the for the future and, and the five or six weeks um, before the next season starts what will help shape next season. But I just think it will be a much easier season next year. I think it will be one that we can enjoy and um, and embrace a lot more than this one. Um, and then, you know, let, let's see where the future goes. But for now, look, it's, it's a time to it's a time to celebrate, but it's also a time to reflect and, and realise that um, last season wasn't as good as it should have been. Uh, I spoke to John McGinn at length after the game and, and, and even he said that, you know, he said, look, um, we're all happy now. We're all, we're all going out to get... Um, as drunk as we possibly can. Uh, but at the same time, we all recognise that this season wasn't good enough, that we need to buy new players to make ourselves, uh, to make the group better. Uh, and we need to learn from our mistakes. And, you know, it was right. That, that was exactly the, the best way to sum up the season. Right now, we're offering you the chance to try out The Athletic for free. There are some great articles on the site, including one on Jack Grealish and how he secured legendary status at Villa Park. Read that and a whole lot more right now by going to theathletic.com slash villapod and take advantage of our free 30-day trial. We've had some questions in from listeners as well. We'll we'll make sure that we we get through as many of them as we can. But talking about doing things differently and looking back, I guess if we looked back and listened back to the podcast that we did a few weeks ago, Greg, we were talking as if Villa had gone. We'd, We'd give up, hadn't we, really? So to actually be sat here today and as, as be in the Premier League still is a big achievement. Yeah, it's fantastic. And and the, the, there are two things I've been saying all season. One, never write off this team. Uh, and two, always believe in Dean Smith. I mean, our... our our belief was definitely fail, uh, faltering and, and and I think after the Man United game, I thought that was it. I couldn't see a way back for Villa. Um, again, I mean, it's just the same. It's so similar to, to last season. I, I, I use this anecdote time and time again, but um, 
I was walking into Bodymore Heath and I said, Villa won't get promoted because they need to go on a record-breaking winning run to stay in, uh, to, to get into the playoffs. You know, I, we, we, I was saying that to all the, the fellow journalists and th- there was no way they were going to get in the playoffs last year, but they did it. They won 10, and, 10 in a row and got there. It was similar this season because... The final four games of the season were Villa's most productive um, of of that of that period. You know that they never went four games throughout the season where they picked up um, eight points or more, and and they did that in the final four games of the season. And it just shows that Smith was right that his teams always seem to get better towards the end of the season. Um, that that he had targeted the four final games of the season for Villa to pick up points. Yes, the pressure was on massively. Again, I, I refer back to the conversation I had with John McGinn yesterday and, and he said that he's, he'd never played football under such pressure in his life. He said the pressure, honestly, was incredible. Um, so, you know, it just, it just shows how, how the players were feeling it and how the manager was feeling it. But they got there in the end and incredible, really, because, you know, I, I have to admit, I gave them no chance with, with, five, with five games remaining. <laughs> Yeah, I was absolutely the same. I, I saw no way in which it was going to happen and the, the same with the playoffs last year as well. So I think you were right to say, never write off Dean Smith's teams because it, when it matters and when they need to win, they absolutely have to or they need to get over the line. He seems to be able to, to do it. Obviously, again, it's been great with this podcast because obviously I'm not, not at the games and the people listening to the podcast won't be at the games. But you you, you were there yesterday. Was it was it tetchy at, at all, at, actually at the ground? Yeah, it was a it was a strange situation. It was the, actually the first time I've ever been there. I, I, I'd never been to the stadium when the Olympics were on. Um, I've never been to a West Ham game, so I was really excited and looking forward to to going and, and witnessing the stadium for the first time. Um, again, when I was inside there, it was a very hollow experience. No fans in there. Um, don't think it's a particularly good venue for football because um, the dug in the dugout and uh, the dugout's very far away from the pitch, and also the fans are. Um, I much prefer like you know traditional ground like Villa Park, um, but you know that's that's by the by. In terms of the actual day, it, 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 I was totally confident going into the game. I, I thought I I expected Villa to get over the line somehow. Um, didn't ex- necessarily expect them to win. I just thought that they would um, get the job done, which in the end they did. But the first fifteen minutes were crazy because. There were shouts from from different sections in the stand that, that Arsenal had gone one 0 up. Then Bournemouth got a penalty um, and scored. Then Antonio raced through and, and missed a one on one, which he which he should have scored. I mean, he's the informed striker in the Premier League. If there's any striker you want it to fall to, uh, if you're a West Ham fan, then then it's him. Um, and he missed it. And I just thought, wow, if if the if the if the nerves weren't there, <laughs> they certainly are now. Um, after fifteen minutes, and then things just started to get worse. I felt because uh, although Arsenal raced into a three-goal lead, um, I felt like Villa were slightly losing touch of the game. I felt like it was it was falling into West Ham's hands slightly. Um, and then at half time, he, he made the decision to take Antonio off and, and bring Alaire on, and I thought. That, yeah, thanks, David Moyes. You know that that'll work. That'll work for Villa because um, I, I, I've, I don't rate Alair and, and and he had his chance and and didn't score and and it was just crazy towards the end. Obviously, uh, the, the nerves were really hitting in 75, 80 minutes when Bournemouth went three one up and Watford had, had, had pull a couple of goals back and I thought surely not. You know, come on Arsenal, um, you know, help us out here. Um, 
And then Grealish went and scored a brilliant goal. The scenes were incredible. Emotions were high. And it, and it just felt like Villa had done it then. And then, bloody hell, 90 seconds later, they go and concede another one. I'm just thinking, there can't be another twist to this season, surely. And I noticed Jack Grealish, he was laughing with Andre Yarmolenko in stoppage time. And, you know, he must have been saying to him... Um, is that going to be my own goal or is it going to be yours? And and he, and and he must have been thinking at that point, is there a final cruel twist for my Villa career? Because it could possibly be his last game. And, you know, it, it was gearing up to be a fairy tale ending with him getting that 84th minute goal. But look, in the end, that goal proved to be the difference. Um, Grealish turned up on the big occasion when he needed to. Um, and it just shows why, you know, he's such a crucial player for Villa. Yeah, I've got to say, following the three games and, and working out what was going on all through the day, it was, it was so horrible. I, I don't remember in my lifetime Villa ever really been involved in, in anything like that, where it goes to the final day and you're in control of your destiny, but there's so many different permutations. I've got to say, it was it was absolutely horrible. And when <laughs> Greeley really scored, when Greeley scored, obviously I was there's big celebrations from me. I was running, running around the Villa that, that I'm at at the moment, and literally just as my bum hit the seat. Bloody one-one, just, 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 just from absolutely nowhere, and I thought, oh my god, this is the, one of the most typical Villa things I've ever seen. Because when you go one-nil up, and you're thinking at the time a draw is going to be enough, you're thinking, oh, they, they, they won't lose now, which yes. is what you want. So to, to, to concede 90 seconds later it was just, was just heartbreaking at the time. And then stoppage time felt like it went on forever, even though it was only four minutes. The last ten minutes in general felt like a lifetime. I'm just going to bring in a question that we've had from a listener. It's, it's Scott James Cooper. So on the Grealish theme, he says it. If Jack Grealish has played his last game for Villa, where does he rank in our best players ever? <sighs> yeah, good question. Put me on the spot with that one. Um, I think there are a lot of players that have done a lot of big things for Villa and it's hard to categorise him. Um, it's something I'll probably have to mull over, really, because, I mean, he's a player that hasn't won anything for the club. Okay, he's, he's helped get the club promoted and he's helped get the club, uh, keep the club in the Premier League, which, you know, we will obviously go down in claret and blue folklore for that. But um, just feel that feel that some of the players that have actually won trophies, um, it would be hard to put him ahead of them um, in terms of, you know, recognition. But... For me, he's probably the best player that I've watched um, for for Villa. So, certainly, certainly since I've started covering the club, um, probably since I've been born. Really, I mean, you know, they've been Villa have had some Villa have had some great players over the last thirty years. But I just really enjoy watching Jack Grealish, and I think it, you know he's had he had a brilliant season to to, to hit double. For, Hit double figures uh, in goals for for a team who finished seventeenth. Just just highlights really how good he is. But yeah, difficult one. I couldn't couldn't specifically say. I mean, what do you think, Dan? Would you put him up there in the top sort of five or ten of your all time players? I think I was probably too too young to appreciate Paul McGrath properly. So he probably I probably saw him for for three or so seasons. Paul McGrath. But when you're a kid, you don't really look at the the defenders, do you? You look at look at the attacking players. But I'd say really. Sh- He's probably up there in terms of natural ability with Paul Merson and Dwight York, who I would have always said are the, the two most naturally gifted attacking players I've seen for Villa. I think Jack runs them very, very, very close. If not, he's probably probably better than them. I just think he's an outstanding footballer, so, so unique. The fact that he's got all these Villa ties as well is, is an added bonus. And he's just so easy on the eyes to, to watch with the football. And what everyone wants to know now is, it's, it's Tom Rice has asked this, it's, it's an obvious one, but following Smith's comments and Jack's tweets, is there any chance he might now stay? Has the, has the landscape changed, Greg? 
I don't think the landscape's changed. I think that um, there are still clubs interested in him. If the right bid is received, then he'll move on. Uh, I think that he feels it's time now for for him to go and play for an elite club and, and start to try and win trophies in his career. Um, I don't think it's changed in terms of that. I think it'll be a little bit more difficult now for clubs to get hold of him um, purely because Villa remain in the Premier League and they will not want to sell on the cheap. So... The only the only way that the only way that clubs would be able to buy him now is if um, they stump up a you know a very big fee uh, and Villa agree to sell him. There is also the the possibility that the owners turn around and say, like they did in two thousand and eighteen when Tottenham came calling, that we're not selling this player. This player is um, key to our future and we want to keep him. And and if that's the case, then there's not really much Jack Grealish and, and other clubs can do about it. But I still think that he'll move on. I still think that there'll be, um, you know, a, a sizable bid coming from from one of the clubs that are interested, um, and and that he will that he will start next, or or at least be at a different club next season at some point. Support for eighteen seventy four is brought to you by Manscaped, the expert in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped has just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, so you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents, and the water-resistant technology also allows you to groom whilst in the shower. And we've got a special offer right now for all of you listening to this podcast. Get 20% off and free shipping by using the code EPL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code EPL20. Happy shaving. What do you think the transfer landscape is for, for Villa? Now, there's obviously, I've put out for questions, there's, been, there's always going to be a load of questions about transfer. So a few people have asked about this. What, what's Villa's mentality going to be in the in, in the summer? Well, I keep saying in the summer, but obviously it's, it's already the summer. But what's the, what's the mentality going to be transfer-wise transfer now? Well, I think they're, they're going to be needing to move quite quick because it's only six weeks until the new season starts. Um, the players have now got three weeks on hol- uh, three weeks off, so they can go and enjoy themselves um, and rest and recoup. But they'll be they'll be back before we know it. And and if there if there are new players, you know, then which there will need to be, they need to be integrated quickly into this team. Now we we've seen at the start of this season that Villa had to buy 12, 13 players. Um, they got some of the players very late in the day. You know, Douglas Louise was a a key example. And it took him just a little bit longer to settle in. So Villa will be mindful of that. They won't want to be signing players this season that are going to take a long time to settle in. They're going to want players that are proven in the Premier League or in the top flight and ready to fit in straight away. I think that Villa will be targeting four or five players um, in, in positions uh, in areas of weakness and I think they'll go quite big on them I think they'll spend quite heavily um and and, and just, just I think what I think the plan is now to identify to look at the team to look at the squad of say you know 18 19 20 players and think all right well we want a really strong squad of 20 players so what areas are weak up front yes out, out wide potential uh, yes in midfield potentially um Fullbacks, maybe, yeah. Um, the goalkeeper situation might need to be sorted also because um, it's too heavy in that in that department at the moment, and Tom Heaton isn't going to be available for the start of the season. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that Villa need to address. But what they will be doing is they'll be thinking big now. They'll be thinking right. We've survived in the Premier League by the skin of our teeth. Next season we want to become an established team, and the only way we're going to do that is by 
by buying quality players. So I'd expect four or five through the door that will improve the team straight away. Um, and players that, you know, are big names, names that we've heard of, names that we expect to, to come and settle in straight away and, and do a job for Villa. I'm really excited to be honest. I think I think it'll be I think it'll be I think it'll be an exciting period of of, of signings and and then into next season. I try not to get myself too excited, but being a Villa fan, Greg, but that does that does sound very good. Abu Dhabi Villa's asking. He's saying, will Villa be looking for more Premier League experience this this time round? So basically, in the in the summer last summer, we got heating him for that very reason in goal, but we didn't replicate that anywhere else, which I always found a little bit strange. Do you think that that's now the type of player that they'll be targeting in the outfield positions? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think the, the clearest sign was if you look in, in the January recruitment, they signed Pepe Reina who, on loan who had, who had played in the Premier League for multiple years and Danny Drinkwater who, okay, didn't really work out for him because he got picked up too many injuries. Um, but again, you know, he'd been there and done it in the Premier League. So I think that's what Villa will be doing um, in, the, in the next window. I don't think I don't see every single signing coming from another Premier League club or players who have played in the Premier League before, but I think a couple of them will be. I think they'll offset it with uh, players from abroad, you know, youngish players who are who are hoping who who could who could potentially rise in value. Um, uh, and obviously stay at the club for a lengthy amount of time because of their age. But I do see them getting some tried and trusted Premier League performers in. Yeah, I think that's essential because that's how teams progress. You know. That's, and, and that's how this Villa team is going to progress. One thing I'm personally worried about now, and Rich Dolphin's asked it on Twitter as well, it seems mad because me and you spent the first few podcasts not getting Douglas Luiz at all. We, we just didn't understand what, what, what we're seeing in him. But 10 games since, since lockdown, he's been absolutely brilliant. And to me now, it seems a very, very easy transaction for Man City to just, to just buy him back and, and integrate him into their squad or potentially sell him on a, a profit. What, what do you think will happen with him, Greg? Yeah, I think that I think he's certainly worth more money than Villa signed him for now. I think the fifteen million pound is starting to look like a bargain, isn't it? When you when you base it on the on the last ten performances, I think that Villa can put up a bit of resolve now and and say that they want to keep him. You know, if there are other clubs interested, the Manchester City link, yeah, okay. Pep Guardiola and, and his team have got to look at it and think. Well, if we sign him back, is he going to fit straight into our team right now? Don't think he still still don't think he gets into the Man City team, but it's an interesting um, point that you make. You know they could potentially sign him um, and then sell him on for an even bigger profit. But I just think that you know it's very disruptive for Douglas Luiz. Is he going to want to do that? Um, so it, look, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of in you know a lot of things, a lot of variables to it. But Villa will be desperately hoping they can keep hold of him now and 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 obviously almost build the team around him because if Jack Grealish does leave as we expect him to, then you know, Douglas Luiz is going to be close to Villa's most talented next player, isn't he now? So um, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on, on him kickstarting, you know, his career properly and, and, and next season kicking on. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Yeah, it just would be, t- it feels a bit typical of Villa to me that we've like waited 28 games for this for this guy to, to get to the Premier League level. And to be fair, he's, he's, he's hit that completely. He now looks a proper Premier League defensive midfielder. To me, he's got he's got bags of ability and he, he sorted out his defensive positioning. But as, as I said, it just seems such an easy thing for Man City to, to be able to do now to, to supplement their squad. And then it's like, well, Villa have done Man City a favour and I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of that kind of thing. Someone I am a massive fan of is Dean Smith. He's proved the doubt was wrong. Mark, Mark IV says he wants to hear us talking up Dean Smith a bit more. How, how much respect have you got for Dean and the job he's done this season, Greg? 
Yeah, massively. I mean, as a person, just first and foremost, because he, you know, somebody I, I, I've had to deal, I've, I've dealt with, you know, three or four times a week for for two years now. Um, he's a brilliant guy, you know. He, he's not overly nice, but he's he's a really nice, likable person, you know. And he's just somebody said to me yesterday, actually, somebody said um, in the press box. Yeah, I really like Dean Smith. It's a nice story, isn't it? You know, Villa fan and keeping the club up and you know, everything that's happened with his uh, father this season who was who died and, you know, he's obviously a Villa fan. Um, he said, it's just a really nice story, isn't it? And he said, looking looking down the league now, Dean Smith's probably one of the most normal managers in the Premier League, isn't it? And I just thought, you know, it's an interesting take, but he is, you know, he's just a down-to-earth nice guy um, who 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 speaks to everybody, he's friendly and affable. Um, but clearly, you know, he he's a very talented manager as well and he's a Premier League manager now and he's earned, he's earned the right to say, I'm a good Premier League manager now um, because he's learned from some of his mistakes at, at the start of the season. You know, he, 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 he wanted to play this open, expansive style and, and for Villa to be on the front foot. Um, and he quickly realised that, uh, that, 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 that the team weren't capable of doing that because they were conceding too many goals. But he felt it was his right to... To, to go to go and play the way that he wanted to play and fair play to him because that that's his footballing philosophy but he's learned how to adapt in adversity and that what he did during the lockdown uh, to, to tighten up the Villa defence and recognise that that would be the way that he would keep this club in the Premier League is exceptional really because it's one thing saying tighten up the defence, work on the defensive um, methods and, 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 and stop them conceding goal. But but actually putting it into practice and, and doing it is another thing. And and it was it was Dean Smith rather than other coaching staff that pulled the defenders together and, and told them what they needed to do. And it was Dean Smith who who stayed calm and composed and measured when everybody was losing their heads around him, when all the fans were saying, you know, that Villa are going down, this is it, when we were talking on this podcast saying that Villa hadn't got a chance. He remained calm and sometimes that's what the players need. If, if they can see their leader still believing in them, still thinking that they're good enough to go and do this job, then it just gives them the confidence, that extra 1% to go and execute the plan. And and they did. And look, you know, it's been a really tough time for him. Losing his father during the coronavirus um, pandemic, you know, is tough. A lot of us have lost relatives or or friends or people that we know during this period. Um, but to lose your father and then face a lot of criticism that you're not good enough at your job, to be then put under immense pressure when it felt like the team that you cover, uh, the team that you're working for are going to fall out the Premier League and there's that responsibility on you. You know, I think fair play to him for just working so hard. He was he was one of the hardest workers at the club. He, you know, he was in early, out back, um, finishing late every single day, sleeping at, um, over at the training ground to, to to put plans into place before uh, and after games. He didn't see much of his family during this period. Um, you know, and, and there's been huge pressure on his family as well. They're all a Villa supporting family. He said that his wife Nicola couldn't couldn't watch the last six or seven games because she was just so stressed and that um, their daughter was having to message message her updates of the scores and you know that that's what it's like when when you when when you're a manager of a football club the family around it feel it too so I'm really pleased for him look you know last night he said that he didn't really want to answer too many questions about the season ahead because he just wanted to enjoy the moment and and go and get drunk with his team with his team basically and you know he's earned that right and fair play to him we, we've said all along it's been a bit of a struggle this season it's not a celebration to finish 17th but the way Villa have done it 
you know, fair play to them, go and enjoy the time and, and hopefully learn from the mistake. Harry's sponsors 1874, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five blade brands. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. And as a listener, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shaving gel, and a travel blade cover by going to harrys.com slash 1874 right now. That's harrys.com slash 1874. What's the future of Dean Smith now? Because there's obviously heavy rumours circulating straight after the game that he's, he's not going to be the Villa manager in the, for the upcoming season. My opinion, my personal opinion, is that he absolutely should. I also, again, stress this is my opinion. I think he's been working with one hand tied behind his back at times through the season. What does what does the future hold for Dean, Greg? Yeah, we expect him to still be the Villa manager going into next season, and then be given the chance to to rebuild the squad and strengthen it, and then and then lead the, lead the team out next season. I, I personally think he deserves that as well. Um, I think for it, for for a manager to to come in when Villa were really struggling, get them promoted to the Premier League, and then keep them up. Um, I think it's a fantastic achievement because, as I say, no, no matter how tough this season was, the brief at the start of the season was to keep the club up and, and he's done that. Um, I think he's showed that he's improving as a manager. Um, the players love him when, when there were when there were rumours of him potentially losing his job. Some of the senior players got very, very frustrated about it because they were thinking, well, you know, we're all trying to pull together for this manager. We're all, we've created this siege mentality inside the camp and, and now the rumours that he's that he's um, going to be losing his job. This was with four or five games remaining, and those rumours were false, by the way. Um, you know, and, and the players were very angry at that. So just shows that he's liked at the club, um, and I, I firmly expect him to be to be given the chance now to to lead it next season. Fingers crossed that that is what happens. Because as I say, my, my opinion is he, he absolutely deserves it. He's he's filled the remit that was set out at the start of the season. So for me, he absolutely should be the Villa manager next season. Greg, it's been a pleasure to talk to you after the game. I know, I know you're struggling a bit. You've got a bit of a, a sore head, so I'll, I'll let I'll let you pop off now. But what I will say is, we talked last podcast about your tweets. Don't think I didn't see that tweet about, about Watford being rubbish and then suddenly they pulled two goals back. <laughs> Don't think that that went unnoticed by, by me, Greg, because I saw it. Do you know what? <laughs> I almost deleted that when it was free to. I thought, I've never, I don't think I've ever deleted a tweet, but I thought, wow, might have to delete this because if, if this if this ends up sending Villa down, I'm going to look like a right idiot. But <laughs> oh, no, some of my other tweets I've retweeted though, haven't I? I got it right about Dean Smith getting it right, didn't I? So there we yeah. go. That's 1-1. One, one. Even a stop clock tells the time right twice a day, Greg. So, well, well done to you. I don't, obviously, it's been a, it's been great to, to cover the Villa with you this, this season on, on the podcast. I must say it's been great. Obviously, a lot of the time it's been quite miserable, but I have enjoyed speaking to you every week. And obviously now we can look forward to the new season and I imagine we've got plenty of podcasts to come. So, yeah, I'm lo- looking forward to it. And thanks ever so much for today, mate. Yeah, likewise, Dan. It's been a. I'd like to say it's been a blast, but it's been quite stressful, hasn't it? But, <laughs> but hopefully next season will be more fun. Yeah, an easier season next year would be very, very welcome for the both of us. And I'm sure everyone that's listened, if you have been listening to us all season, we really appreciate the support that you've given us. It's been great to do this podcast. We like to think it's something different and we're providing some clear insights. So thanks ever so much for listening today. And thanks ever so much for listening through the season and literally up the villa.